to the book of Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. If you are there, say amen. <clears throat> and it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. And the topic of our discussion this afternoon is, the power is present to heal. Amen. Tell somebody the power, the power is, present is present to heal. Amen. Amen. See, Jesus was a teacher of the world. Wherever Jesus went as a principle, he taught. He taught the word of God. In fact, his ministry was out of teaching, preaching, and healing. So, those three things were an integral part of the ministry of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. The Bible says, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. The consequence of this was that his fame went out throughout the region. Wherever he was. And this resulted in more healings and deliverance to the glory of God. And you see this in Matthew chapter 4 verse 24. Matthew chapter 4 verse 24. So what do you need to do to experience this power that is present to I mean that is present here to heal? What do you need to do? There are four things I've highlighted very briefly. Before we conclude our service today, we'll, we'll touch on those four things. If the power is present to heal, what do you need to do to tap into this power to ensure? That if any sickness came here with you, it doesn't go back with you. Number one, you must come for healing. You must do what? Isn't that very simple? The Pharisees and the doctors of the law, they came to observe and to ask questions. They didn't come to experience the power of God. If you are here today to experience the power of God, you will experience this power in Jesus' name. Amen. They came to observe. They came to ask questions. But one man, tell somebody one man, one man only came to be healed. And that was the only man that received healing. In that same Luke chapter 5 verse 18, the Bible says, And behold, Men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before Jesus. Even the four men that brought this man, they didn't come for healing. 
But they brought this man who needed to see Jesus. And they made sure that he must see Jesus by all means. You will see Jesus today. Amen. I said you will see Jesus today. Amen. You will have an encounter with Jesus today in, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, a man of God by name T.L. Osborne. It's, it's late now. Some of us might, most of us likely won't know who goes by that name. He was one of the great evangelists in, in, in the States. A man who went to India for uh, missionary work, spent nine months there, achieved nothing and came back home. Because he went on, it, on the wrong precept. He went there to go and argue with the people on what he calls the word of God, which truly was the word of God. But every time he was saying the Bible, and the people, Hindus would say, oh yes, we also have a Bible. The Muslims said, oh yes, we also have a Bible. And he said, before he went, he never knew that there was a different book that those people were referring to as their own book. He lacked the power. And so he came back home frustrated. Until one day, tell somebody one day, one day he heard that there was a man of God who came, who was ministering, who had a crusade in their neighborhood. And he went to that crusade. And this man of God was my man who would sit, sit quietly. But he was operating by the revelations of the Spirit of God. A man by name William Branham then. And he said, this man would just speak and miracles were being wrought. And when T.L. Osborne got home, he said, today, I have seen Jesus in the life of a man. Then he decided with his wife to study the scriptures. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Study the story of Jesus. And he was looking for nothing else but anything that tells the story of Jesus. How did Jesus do it? What did Jesus do? And by the time he finished, he said what? I have seen Jesus in the word of God. So he saw Jesus in the word. He saw Jesus in the life of somebody. Then one day, tell somebody one day. Very early in the morning at 6 a.m., Jesus walked into his room and had an encounter with Jesus. There's someone here today, you will have an encounter with Jesus. Amen. I said you will have an encounter with Jesus. Jesus walked into his room at 6 a.m. And by the time Jesus was through with him, he could complete his testimony and said, What? I have seen Jesus face to face. And his life was transformed. He now realized that the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in what? In power. The kingdom of God is in power. And that's why it's very important that the Bible says its power is present to heal. You will have an encounter with that power today. Amen. I said you have an encounter with the power today. Amen. Jesus is still willing if you come to him to tap into the power that is available and is present. In Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8 verses 2 and 3, the Bible says, a leper came and worshipped Jesus, saying, Lord, if thou will, thou can make me clean. And the Bible says, Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. 
and said, I will be thou clean. The hands of Jesus that were stretched out to that leper, they are still stretched out today. His hands are still touching lives today. His hands are still keep performing that assurance that Jesus is still here and his power is present to heal. So first, number one, I said you must do what? Come for healing. You must come for healing. Number two, your faith must be visible. What did I say? Your faith must be visible. It's not a matter of saying, oh, you know, I have faith and it's, it's between me and my God and it's within. No, it goes beyond that. Because, brethren, faith is in what you do. Faith is in what? It's in what you do. It's in the steps that you take. Your action will prove if you have faith or not. The people that brought the man with palsy to Jesus, they said they would not be denied. So what did they do? They went through the roof. They made up their mind that nothing and no one will deny them of this encounter with the living God. And Jesus saw their faith. He's here today. He's here today to see the faith of somebody. I say he's here to see the faith of somebody. You know, for some of us, it's so easy. We go to church, it becomes a routine. We go to church even without expectation. When you come to church, you should come with an expectation of an encounter with the living God. An encounter with the power of God. When you go to church, you should go and say, Lord, as I'm going to church now, I want to touch you. I want to lay hold on you. And I will not let you go. Except to do what? Until you bless me. Until you bless me. I'm going for an encounter with you. That's very important. The woman with the issue of blood, she will not be denied. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 20 to 22. Matthew 9, 20 to 22. The woman with the issue of blood. She had no basis for coming into the congregation. Because by the law of Moses, she was an unclean person. If anybody knew she had an issue of blood, what would they do? They would run away from her. In fact, they would drive her away because she was trying to pollute them. But the Bible says she made up her mind. In verse 21, she said within herself. Where did she say it? Within herself. If I am about to touch his garment, I shall be whole. Brethren, when she touched his garment, what happened? She was made whole. She was made whole. And nobody might have known what happened to her. But the Bible says, Jesus turned around in verse 22. Jesus turned about. When he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith must be visible. Your faith must involve an action step. Don't just say, I believe. And that is it. You believe, show that you believe. Prove that you believe. 
You have been suffering with that back pain, and it's over. It's every now and then back pain. And one day, the Lord touches you. What do you do? Do that thing which you could not do before you had the back pain. That is faith. That's why that is faith. That is faith that is visible. You don't have a job. You know the type of job that you want? Tomorrow morning when you wake up, stop sleeping at home like a man that has no job. Put on your suit, depending on the type of job you want. Put on your suit. Take your, what, what is it, what do you take? Normally people that are looking for a job, they go with envelopes. <laughs> take your portfolio, uh-huh, that's a good word. Take your portfolio and step out of the house in what? In what? In faith. Because there's a job out there for you. And the job is waiting for you. But for as long as you stay at home saying, I have no job, you won't have a job. You need to take a step of faith. Your faith must be visible. I remember one of our sisters. She's no longer in Barry. I think they are now in uh, Saskatchewan something. Yeah, good. <laughs> when, she, when they were new, they were new in Canada. In Nigeria, she used to be an insurance, uh, either agent or executive, I don't know, something insurance. She just dusted her resume, and she made up her mind that she would go from bank to bank and tell them that what? She was looking for a job. She had no Canadian experience. She walked into Scotia Bank. Is it on Bayfield? Is there a Scotia Bank on Bayfield? Uh, on? Uh, uh-huh. She walked in there and told them, I am looking for a job. This is my resume. And they said, come to think of it. Somebody was supposed to come in here today that did not show up. She had no Canadian experience. All she had was a resume that shows that she had something from Nigeria. Which of those of us who have gone through the process know that when you apply for a job here, they tell you what? You need Canadian experience. That day, God had prepared something for her. If she sat down at home saying, there is corona at the door. I am not going out. Will she get that job? Your faith must be what? Visible. Until she left Barry, she was working at Scotia Bank. God will make a way for you. Amen. God will open doors unto you. Amen. Brother Zacchaeus, we know the story of Brother Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. But he was a short man. But he made up his mind that he would not be denied. Not only was Zacchaeus short, Zacchaeus was a rich short man. Amen? So, the fact that he was short and he saw that among the crowd, he couldn't see anything. But he was a wealthy man. He could have just gone back home and said, what am I doing here? But he put aside his pride. Tell somebody, put aside your pride. He put aside his pride and he went and climbed a sycamore tree because he wanted to do what? To see Jesus. Your faith must be visible. 
Jesus knew there was a man that wanted to see him. And he knew the man had climbed a tree. You see, in order for Jesus to address Zacchaeus, what did Jesus do? He looked up. Is somebody with me? Zacchaeus was a short man. But when Jesus was going to address him, what did he do? He looked up. Because Zacchaeus climbed a tree. He set aside his pride and said, I must see Jesus. Luke chapter 19, from verse 2 to verse 5, is the story of Zacchaeus. Luke 19, 2 to 5. That day, definitely that day, Zacchaeus had an encounter with Jesus. In verse 5, the Bible says, when Jesus came to the place, he did what? He looked up. He looked up, and he saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at your house. Jesus wants to fellowship with you. Jesus wants to dine with you. Jesus wants to give you an encounter that you will not forget forever. But you, 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 your faith in him must be what? Visible. Very important. In Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11, Jesus gave us a formula for faith. In, from verse 13, there was a fig tree. Mark 11, 13 to 14. There was a fig tree. It had leaves on it. And the Bible says, because Jesus saw leaves on the fig tree, he thought, oh, there was a food on this fig tree. Because we are made to understand that the figs do not uh, bring out leaves until they have produced fruit. So seeing the leaves, he thought there was a food on it. But that tree was visible for the wrong reason. It was all leaves and no food. And Jesus released a curse unto it. He said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And the Bible says his disciples had it. Then when you go to from verse 20, the Bible says the following day, when they were passing through. So he gave the cross one day. The following day, the disciples saw that the fig tree had what? Had withered. And I have a word for someone here today. By tomorrow, you will see the difference. Amen. By tomorrow, the word that God is releasing into your life today will be manifested. By tomorrow, man will see you and say, you are different. Yes. Something is different. Yes. By tomorrow, you will have a new song. Amen. By tomorrow, you will have a testimony. Yes. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Yes. In the morning, the following day, they saw that the fig tree had dried up from the roots. From the roots. And Peter had to say, Jesus, master, look at it. The victory you caused is without a way. And Jesus answered and said unto him, what? Have faith in God. Remember, principle number two is that your faith must be what? Visible. Visible. And then look at what Jesus said in verse 23. He said, verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. How do you have whatever you say? You say it 
you believe it. You take the step of faith. You act on it. The God that has opened the door will meet you at that open door. Amen. I said, we'll meet you at, at that open door. Amen. When you go to verses 25 and 26, Jesus Christ brought another item, another principle into it. He said, do you want to be forgiven? Do you want your faith to be productive? Do you want quick and fast answers to your prayers? What did he say? He said, when you start praying, forgive. Tell somebody, forgive. <laughs> That's very important, very simple. Forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Brethren, every one of us, we have wronged one person at one time or the other. And in like manner, every one of us have been wronged at one time or the other. But we have an heavenly father. You want your faith to be rewarded? You must forgive. You must do what? You must forgive. Because we have a heavenly father who is ever willing, prepared, and ready to do what? To forgive. And that takes us to our principle number three. Your sins must be forgiven. If you are going to tap into this power that is present to heal, your sins must be what? Forgiven. Your sins must be forgiven. In that Luke chapter 5 that we read, verse 20, the Bible says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto him, that is the man that was sick, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. In other words, peradventure, your situation is because of a sin you have committed. God is willing to forgive. But he will only forgive if you ask for forgiveness. If you don't ask for forgiveness, you can't blame him. But if you ask for forgiveness, he will do what? He will forgive you. Your sins must be forgiven. You must ignore the educated scribes and Pharisees. Who cannot help you? But who will give you reasons not to, not to go for help? They cannot help you. They have no solution to your problem. But they will, be, they will constitute stumbling blocks if you listen to them. You know, the things of God are very simple. Very simple. In fact, so simple that we take them for granted. So simple that we think this cannot be. Oh, but the Lord only needs to speak. In Luke chapter 5, from verse 21 to verse 23, the Bible says, when the scribes and Pharisees, when they heard Jesus say, ah, your sins are forgiven, they began to reason among themselves. Who is this person? Why is he speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? <laughs> and he said unto them, I have no business with you, I have no problem with you. Which one is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk. And that will take up to our principle number four. What is principle number one? You must come for healing. Number two? Number three? Number four? You must obey him. You must do what? Do whatever he says. You know, he told that man, on his, uh, on his, if there's anything called bed of palsy. He told him, rise. 
Take up your bed. Walk. Go home. If that man made up his mind and said, look, this man doesn't know what he's saying. Can you please move away from me? Will he ever stand up? No. The man had to obey the word of the Lord. Take up your bed and walk. And that was it. He looked at the five. From verse 24 to 25. The Lord is saying the same. The Lord is talking to someone here today. He's saying unto you, rise. Amen. He's saying unto you, there is a condition that was carrying you. That was determining your fate until you got here. But he's saying you will determine its fate from now onwards. Amen. You know, the bed on which they brought that man. That man could decide to take it and put it in a museum. Right? He could take it and go and burn it. Is that not so? He could take it and go and sell it if, it was not, if there was no COVID. That they would say there's COVID on the bed. He could take it and throw it into the river. He could do whatever he wanted with it. In other words, there is a condition. There is a situation. There is something that has been determining the course of your life before now. But God is setting you free. Amen. And God is saying unto you, rise. Take up that condition. Decide what you will do with it. And do what you want to do with it. Just be ready to do what? To obey him. To obey him. To obey him. And I want to speak to somebody here today. Your testimony will amaze others. Amen. I say your testimony will, be, will make you an amazement. Amen. In John chapter 2 from verse 3 to verse 10. We know the story very well. John 2, 3 to 10. The Bible says, Jesus was invited to the wedding in Canaan. And then, all of a sudden, there was no more wine. And his mother came to him and said, there's no wine. And I said, how is that my business? When did I start making wine? But the Bible says she turned to the servants and said, whatsoever he says to you, do it. That was, his, that was where the solution was. And he said, well, mother, you have put me on the spot. I can't escape this one. And so he told his servants, fill the water pot with water. And they did. And he didn't pray. He just said, now, take the water and go and take it to the master of ceremony. Once that water got into the pot, it became what? The best wine ever produced. I guess when we get to heaven, we are going to taste that wine again. Nobody makes better wine than Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. The master of ceremony tasted it. And said, where did this wine come from? He did not know. It was a miracle wine. It was wine brewed from the throne of grace. To demonstrate the power of God. The power, the same power that is present here today. You must obey him. Whatever he says unto you to do, do it.